It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, The Rosetta Noise, by Alistair Stewart. Good evening. Makes a change. Quite. You're Jenny, aren't you? Guilty as charged. You one of the new arrivals? Is it that easy to tell? Oh yeah. There's a posture people have when they first get here. Your shoulders hunch. You never fully relax. Your eyes are always locked onto the nearest exit. Let me guess. You don't feel comfortable unless there's a wall at your back, right? You know me so well. Everyone gets it. Most people lose it after about six weeks. How long did it take you? Still waiting. You're wrong about the posture. How so? It's not caused by the journey, by what England is now. It's caused by this place, by the silence. Over there, you're never more than half a mile away from a scream, or a fire, or a riot. Here, you can be half a mile away from everyone in ten minutes. Exactly. I've been thinking about Kate Bush. Seriously? Oh, yes. Specifically, a line from one of her old songs. They told us what they wanted was a sound that could kill someone brave woman. 
enough guts to waft her arms around like a prat in the middle of a field, and she wrote songs about science fiction. Remember Cloudbusters? Good track. Donald Sutherland was in the video. I prefer Wuthering Heights. <laughs> yeah. How was the trip? Not good. Scotland isn't what it used to be. Even the Mona Lisa's falling apart. You know what Oppenheimer said? After the first bomb was detonated? I am become death. Destroyer of worlds. That always really irritated me, you know? He was a man with such singular vision that he, not anyone else, not communism, not capitalism, he built the 20th century. Oppenheimer took war to a scale we'd never previously considered. He ensured that entire generations would live to make their mark. And what did he do? Got all sniffy and wrote some pithy quotations in his notebook. The only person who pisses me off more is Jeff Goldblum. I'm not sleeping much, and when I do, you know who I dream about? Jeff Bloody Goldblum in Jurassic Park, saying, You spent so much time wondering whether you could. You never stopped to think if you should. I'm not guilty. I've got no reason to be. Some good will come of this, just like nuclear power plants came out of Oppenheimer's work. I've no idea what, but something will. If you're not guilty, then why do you come out here every night and get drunk by yourself? Maybe I like my personal space. I doubt it. Maybe I've been trying to drink myself to death. You're not the type. Or maybe I didn't want anyone around when one of you finally came for me. Which are you? Minders? MI5? Anvil. I don't know what you mean. Yes, you do. You made me the second you got here. You know where I work, where I eat, where I live. Why haven't you done it yet? Working up the courage? Did you know that at last count, 97% of the population are husks? First estimate was 99, wasn't it? The UN are considering withdrawing all aid. They've suffered heavy losses. Last I heard, the U.S. Expeditionary Force was being expanded. They'd secured Leeds, Bradford, and Halifax. Current estimates are that even if the effects were to wear off tomorrow, the survivors would be institutionalized for a minimum of five years. It wasn't my fault. It was your project. It was a joke. Humane Universal Sound Control. Husk. By the time I came on board, that's all it was. A husk. Three aged scientists sitting in an office in Turnbridge Wells, playing word games and doing the Times crossword puzzle on Ministry Money. At least no one died. Or got any results. It was such a simple little brief, too. One, develop a sonic weapon that could either alter the inhibitions or perceptions of the subject. Two, Develop a sonic weapon that could prove fatal if needs be. <laughs> Kate Bush has a lot to answer for. Not as much as you. They'd tried it all by the time I got there. Ultrasound, harmonics, radio frequencies. Not a word of a lie. On my first day, I saw one of their experiments. They had a rat hooked up to a radio tuned to cosmic noise. 
and were seeing whether it had any effect. The rat was asleep, probably out of boredom. Anyway, I threw all of that out the window. There was no point in trying to reinvent the wheel, when society had never been noisier than it was now. Why add more sounds when we could simply alter the ones that already existed? Plus, it would be much cheaper. You come in under budget on government work, and they'll love you forever. Provided nothing untoward happens. You have a talent for understatement. And you keep interrupting. Did you notice that year? The mobile phone ringtones were a quarter of an octave lower. Certain record companies signed certain deals, and the same mass-produced bands that got churned out every year altered their sound by the tiniest increment. Every new TV had its bass speaker augmented. Every new fridge hummed a little higher. It was like Fantasia. Millions of workers producing millions of the devices that would control them and never knowing a damn thing. Even car engines were altered. They passed it off as a new type of catalytic converter. <laughs> Brainwashing the ecologically friendly way. And all because I paid attention in history class. You're talking about the Rosetta Stone. Good girl. What if, I thought, every noise you heard was a component of a larger one? The cars on the street, the hum of the street lamp, the background hiss and the radio. Separate, they did nothing. Together, and combined with the emergency broadcast system, they could do anything. You hypnotize the entire country. Technically, it was a hypagogic state. Like rebooting a computer. Let you put new programs in. Rewrite what's there. You remember those awful, grim public information films? The ones that launched last year? You know the ones. Watch out for yourself. Watch out for your neighbor. Stay aware. Stay safe. Keep England green and pleasant. I especially hated that last one, but they did the job. A neuro-linguistic tweak here, an odd faked news story there, and the entire country was just a little more aware, a little more anxious. The idea was, effectively, to create a nation of curtain twitchers. Of people who would never quite relax, who wouldn't stand by and watch if something odd happened. Programmed Samaritans just waiting for a good fight to fight. Of course, I was hopelessly naive. Of course, they'd built on my work, and of course, they'd put combat subroutines into it. I was told later that the idea had been to turn the entire population into an army to combat terrorism. A nation of berserkers, perpetually frothing at the brain. And it never once occurred to you that something like that could be used for darker purposes? Did it occur to Oppenheimer? Don't you dare argue semantics with me. Semantics? Or some antics? Oh. I'm sorry, that was uncalled for. I appear to be a little drunk. Make you feel any better? Yes. Incidentally, did they ever find out why the system was triggered? It was a coup. A military coup doesn't surprise me. I met a spook in what was left of King's Cross when he said he'd been part of a team asked to surveil the Prime Minister and detain him, if the national interest required. Perhaps if he'd done his job, then things would be better. And perhaps if my work hadn't been tampered with, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Where were you that morning, by the way? At work. 
I was asleep. The council were digging up the street outside my flat, so I was wearing earplugs. <laughs> I found out later that when it fired, everyone and everything just stopped. For a full minute, they stood absolutely still. Absolutely silent. London burned first. Every landmark was destroyed in just under a day. And then the survivors fell on one another. Looting, fires, running battles. It looked like the 1980s all over again, just with better hair. And it hit everyone, everywhere. Busk had been designed to shut everyone in the country down, and it worked too. Far, far better than anyone thought possible. I can still see the footage of the American ambassador being choppered out of his embassy by Marines wearing ear protectors. Looked like that chopper leaving Saigon at the end of Vietnam. How did you survive? By doing what I had to. How many did you have to kill? Enough. Too many. I knew the cities would be swamped. After all, I knew the system. So, as Iron Maiden once advised, I ran to the hills. Besides, I'd heard that the Isle of Arran was nice this time of year. Barely 5,000 people lived here before Husky now. Of course, that's been going up ever since the refugees started coming in. To say nothing of the UN. Why didn't you go over to the UN ships? Ask for sanctuary? How do you confess to killing a country? And what happens if they ask you to replicate your research? Which brings us to you. Which brings us to me. I take it that begging is out of the question. If it makes you feel any better, go ahead. What about the others? The group behind the coup? They've been dealt with. Did it hurt? I made sure of it. Good. Thank you. Will it hurt? Why would it? Ready for extraction. I don't understand. Must make a change. But you're here to kill me, aren't you? Why would I want to do that? So I don't fall into the wrong hands? <laughs> you won't believe me. Who are you? You mean you still don't know? You're a husk. Smart girl. You were right. Some good did come out of your little toy. Those of us who survived long enough began to heal, began to remember. It took a full year, but we did. Little fragments of our lives coming back to us. People we'd known. Things we'd done. I remembered my name. Halfway through beating a man to death with a rusted pipe. I'm not sure, but I think I was going to eat him. Once he died, of course. But you're better. You can remember? Why hasn't anyone noticed? Why haven't we moved back? Because we don't want you to know. Because we put our trust in you and you raped a country. Because we hate you. Because we can never be like you again. But it wasn't my fault. It wasn't... I didn't mean it. No. You didn't. That's the only reason you're still alive. 
The rage is still there, all the time. All the time, Jenny. That look I had, when you first saw me, that wasn't fear, that was target assessment, threat analysis. There is no one on this pathetic little island I couldn't kill in under a minute, Jenny. No one. And believe me, there is no one I would rather kill than you. But it's not to be. There are plans for you. What plans? Where are you taking me? Home. You're going home. And once you get there, you're going to work on Husk, too. No! Yes. You see, there's one thing none of us can live with. The guilt. We're monsters, Jenny. We've done terrible things and we can never rejoin society. But society can rejoin us. With your help, we can remake the world in our image. Kill me, please. Just kill me. Why? You were right. Something good will come of your work. The entire world united by a common horror. Oppenheimer would be so proud. That's our ticket home. Get moving. You were right about something else. What? Kate Bush. She really could hold a tune. I do wonder what the Rosetta noise sounded like. Perhaps we've already heard it. Music on our radio, the hum of our dryers, and of course the beep of the microwave, letting you know it's done, rewarming your leftovers. Who would have thought something so commonplace could be so deadly? Oh, that reminds me. How did you enjoy listening to this episode? Feel any different? Hmm? <laughs> well, well. New noises, new voices, subtle changes to things you're used to. Maybe the Rosetta noise is more real than you think. But wait a minute. Where are you going? I'm not done with you yet. I was thinking that, just to show you how cool the new guy was, I would leave you with a little bonus tidbit. A dessert course for your meal of terror. This one's called Lucky Guy. And it's a little more contemporary tale about police detectives and they're investigating a recent death. Perhaps it was murder. Perhaps it was suicide. In either case, I'm sure the victim was a poor, unfortunate man. Or was he? Lucky guy.
talk to me, McGee. Hey, Santana. The deceased is Caucasian, male, early 30s. COD appears to be a single gunshot wound to the head. I'd call it a suicide. Guy'd written his note and everything. But the stiff managed to shoot himself in the back of the head. Take a look. Single entry wound, back of the head. Kind of hard to shoot yourself in the back of the head. Here's the note. Can't go on, blah, 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 lost job, lost girlfriend, blah, 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 tired of struggling. Standard stuff, McGee, what else we got? Unopened mail, utility bills, credit card offers, book of the month, and this. Envelope from a Win-A-Wish Foundation, also unopened. Dear Mr. Donaldson, congratulations, you have been randomly selected to have your wish granted. McGee, check this. Last part of the suicide note. I wish I was dead. Huh. Lucky guy. I'll be honest with you. When Harvey first informed the family that he was going to be hosting a radio show, ho ho, did I laugh at him. My mockery was relentless. But now that I've had a taste of it, I kind of see where he was coming from. This is actually quite a bit of fun. In fact, I think you and I will be seeing a lot of each other going forward. <laughs> I won't even tell him. <laughs> oh, wait until Mother hears about this. Oh, he was always a favorite, but guess who took over the show? <laughs> You've been listening to Night Terrors, The Rosetta Noise, written by Alistair Stewart. Featured in our cast were Sally Widget as Eve and Robin Hudson as Jenny. Lucky Guy was written by Paul Mannering. Dennis Cornelison was Santana, and John Specht was McGee. This episode produced and directed by Ellie Hirschman. Sound designed by Rich Matheson. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. For more horror and sci-fi audio podcasts, please visit www.darkerprojects.com. Hiya, kids. This is Stinky the Elf, coming to you from the North Pole. You know, Santa Claus's workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to you that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there. Here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. <laughs>
And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody. Kids, grown-ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-T-A-S dot X-M-A-S dot I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Kids, please ask your folks to send your email for you.